When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar back with you again for another edition of the Steelers Draft Fix. The draft is over, the picks have been made, so the draft fix, instead of looking ahead to what the Steelers could do and what these prospects, uh, or how these prospects will be ranked and uh, evaluated for draft position, now we're taking a look back at the selections that were made and how these players fit in with the teams that selected them, uh, what the future of the NFL looks like after the 2022 NFL draft. You're going to see that here. You're going to hear about it on the Steelers draft fix. SDF is a part of the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com podcast network. There's a lot of fantastic content coming out of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com these days. Go check it out. I believe we are SB Nation's number one podcast platform uh, for the for the NFL side. And overall, uh, I believe that's what we're seeing. And that's all because of you, the listener. Thank you so much for being a part of the great community that is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Andrew, let's bring you in and uh, see how you're doing today. I'm doing well. I am in the midst of final exams for my first year of college, but um, it's going well, starting to just see the dust settle on this year's drafts and starting to look ahead to next year a little bit. Uh, but this week, still looking at this past draft and what transpired just a week ago. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to me 
to see how these guys are deployed. Uh, the Steelers seven draft picks uh, in the system this year, where they fall into place. And we've got some potential starters in the group. We've got some guys that are going to fill different roles, maybe even don't necessarily have a position as of yet either. That's going to be determined as we go through the remainder of the offseason. Um, but before we get into the Steelers picks, um, we got a big deal coming up this week. Uh, this Thursday, the NFL will be releasing the full schedule for every team. Every game will be announced, and you will finally be able to see who the Steelers are going to play and when they're going to play them. Uh, and that's always exciting. This The NFL has done a good job of really building that up and making it quite the spectacle, and I enjoy it. Uh, Andrew, how do you feel about the, the schedule release being such a big deal these days? I love it, and I'm glad that they moved it after the draft. Honestly, I wish they'd even push it maybe even a week further back just because when they did it before, I used to love the schedule release, but it took away – from the draft preparation and stuff like that. But I really like that it's now after the draft. You can focus a little bit more on it. I haven't looked into it near as closely this year just because of the school calendar not aligning up very well. Mm. Uh, but overall, I, I love the schedule release. I love things that provide anticipation for fans. And during the summer when there's not a whole lot of football going on, uh, it's one of the big highlights. Yeah, and you get to see how the travel ar arrangements are, uh, primetime games, things to look forward to and set on your calendar. But I wanted to ask you, uh, or, you know, mention, we, we talked about this on the uh, BTSC Slack channel that the Steelers actually have the uh, shortest distance to travel of any team in the NFL this year. And it's by quite a bit, I think uh, almost um, 2000 uh, miles uh, over the course of the season, that's a, a huge deal for uh, a young team. Uh, they're going to stay close to home. They're going to have a, a lot of uh, a lot more rest uh, between games. Um, I think that's a big deal uh, for this team this year and, and a big advantage. What do you think? It is a big advantage, especially when you think of the fact that the Steelers may be starting a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, of course, being from Pitt. He can stay closer to home. I don't believe the Steelers even leave the Eastern time zone. I only wish to, during the years of Ben Roethlisberger, it was this way. I think it would have okay. made things a little bit easier on him as well. Yeah, absolutely. That is kind of a bummer that, especially in the, in the latter years, we didn't get to see that always going out West. And that did not seem to work well for Roethlisberger and the Steelers uh, as his career progressed. Um, so I wanted to ask you this, Andrew, what, what would be like your, your dream, first game your dream opening game for the Steelers based on the teams that they are playing uh they're going to play against the NFC South so Tampa Bay Carolina Atlanta and New Orleans and then they drew the AFC East this year Buffalo uh Miami New England and uh the New York Jets and then we got the Philadelphia Eagles for that 17th game on the NFC side that uh rotates each year and then a second place schedule in the AFC. So we'd play the Raiders uh, and the Colts along with the regular uh, AFC North opponents. Who do you like to, to open up the season against if you're the Steelers? I would love to see the Steelers playing the Buffalo Bills week one, seeing Mitch Trubisky, who I believe 
the Buffalo Bills did a phenomenal job with in terms of just helping him revive his career, gain his career back on track, and then allowing the Steelers to be the beneficiary of that and the Steelers to be able to beat Buffalo with Trubisky as the starting quarterback. That'd be a perfect start to the season. That'd be awesome. And, you know, a rematch of last year's week one matchup as well that the yes. Steelers kind of came in and surprised everybody with a, a defensive beatdown of Buffalo. Buffalo wasn't on their game yet. Their offense really struggled getting out of the gate. And from that game, you could just tell that TJ Watt was going to have a special season. And uh, so, yeah, man, that, that'd be a great start. And you get a juggernaut early, you know, uh, an expected juggernaut early in the season. So that could help with your ability to maybe come in and get a surprise win as well on the road in a tough playing environment. All right. Um, the last bit of news, we've seen a couple updates on the uh, general manager search for the Steelers, uh, a couple second interview, um, I guess, uh, swings, if you will. They're, they're coming in with, with some uh, recalls on some guys and uh, or callbacks, if you will. Um, you have any, any thoughts on the GM search? I would like to see Lewis Riddick get a look, and I've been, you know, clamoring for him for several years now. It would the Kenny Pickett pick would make a whole lot more sense if Lewis Riddick does get the general manager job. And I've also found it weird that he's been very quiet throughout this entire pre-draft process. So I, you know, it made me wonder if you know maybe he thinks that he has a chance at the job. Maybe that's why he wasn't quite as outspoken this year in mm -hmm. terms of his draft evaluation. We didn't hear him talk a whole lot on it. Uh, just speculation. I don't know anything. My guess is that the Steelers either go with Weedle uh, from Philadelphia or they go with Brandon Hunt and stay in-house. If yeah. the Steelers don't get Lewis Rick or Jim Nagy, two of my favorite outside guys, I would just go with Brandon Hunt. I'm mm -hmm. I, Weedle, I don't know enough about, but just knowing Philly's, if he's anything like Howie Roseman is, who he's been yeah. under for a while, I like the aggressiveness, but I generally do not like the players they target this year. It was a little bit differently, but most years sure. I've not been a big fan of Howie's evaluations overall. I just wish I would wish you could combine Lewis Riddick's uh, analytics in his mind with mm. say the talent evaluation of a Brandon hunt. And then the aggressiveness put together with the aggressiveness of a Howie Roseman or someone from the planet mm -hmm. in the Eagles organization, that would be like right. a perfect GM. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they can hire all three guys and just do a, a blend <laughs> of them. No, uh, you know, that that's an intriguing thought too to bring in a, a guy from the outside. I think I've kind of taken it for granted that the Steelers would stay in house, but they might pull um, a very similar um, thing that they did when they brought in Mike Tomlin. They had some incumbents in place, Bruce Arians and uh, Russ Grimm uh, in town already that they uh, interviewed and and thought, or, or and most Steelers fans thought that those guys would probably be near the top of their list. Uh, but then Mike Tomlin came in and just blew uh, everybody away and became the head coach of the Steelers. So maybe they do something like that as well. Uh, Steelers fans should be uh, prepared for maybe a uh, an aggressiveness uh, switch. You know, uh, maybe a, a change in that area if the Steelers do hire outside the organization. It would kind of, um, it would bring in some outside perspective, especially if uh, Weedle's on that short list and and became the guy in Pittsburgh. Um, I I agree with your sentiments there that the aggressiveness could be 
something that Steelers fans uh, would like after so many years of kind of just sitting still, sitting pretty and, and waiting for things to, to fall to you. So we'll see how that goes. It's going to be interesting as the remainder of the offseason progresses here. I'm sure we're going to get a final decision here very shortly. All right, moving on to the actual uh, segments of the show that we're going to get to today. We're going to break down in depth for you the uh, Steelers draft class. We're going to uh, we focused a lot last week on grading the picks based on how the board fell and uh, how these players kind of fit into the system. But uh, now we're going to take a look at them as members of the Steelers organization and, and how uh, they will be used and kind of what the best case scenario for each guy is uh, going into 2022 and beyond. So, Andrew, let's start with the Steelers first overall pick and at pick number 20 in, in the first round of the draft, quarterback Kenny Pickett. How do you see him fitting into this roster? And do you think he has a real shot at, at starting week one? I think he does have a real chance to start in week one. I asked Trey Wingo and Tony Pauline on their Draft Insiders podcast live on YouTube. I had the opportunity to ask a question. Uh, and I've just put up in the live chat that, you know, I was a big fan of Mitch Trubisky signing, but I don't think the Steelers are going to really use him mm. if Kenny Pick is ready to start week one. And I think he will be. And, you know, they both responded saying, well, they think that the plan all along was to have Trubisky start and they would have just let Pickett sit. I, that could be right. I get the sense that the Sears are going to start Pickett as soon as they can. Uh, I, I think the biggest key for Pickett is consistency and consistency when the weather gets cold. That's the, mm -hmm. probably the biggest concern. But in terms of what he brings, uh, I go back to his first game when I was a, I was a huge fan of Kenny Pickett. Don't get me wrong. As much as I had downplayed him during the draft process. I was a big fan of him when he was coming out of high school and he went to Pitt. Mm -hmm. and his first game that he played, I believe it was against the Miami hurricanes on black Friday. If I remember correctly, maybe it wasn't his first game, but I do remember that game distinctly. And he led them, I believe to upset the number three team in the nation. Mm -hmm. uh, he played phenomenal in that game. Then of course had a couple years kind of went down then uh, two years ago had a little bit better season. And of course his breakout season this past year. Right. Uh, but, and I want to see how clutch he can be. Uh, he's proven that he can win big games this past year. The ACC was not very difficult, but mm -hmm. he ha does have some ability to be clutch in the big moments. And that's the one thing that could potentially separate him from a guy of similar talent, like a Kirk cousins or a Derek Carr guys that aren't considered quite as clutch in the big mm -hmm. moment. If Pickett can defy the expectations that have been placed on him in that aspect i think he has a chance to be a good quarterback absolutely and i mentioned in my uh roster review article uh focusing on the quarterbacks this last or a couple days ago that seems to be that the trubisky signing at, at this point was kind of a buffer an insurance policy on them potentially not being able to get picket one or two the that if they did get him and he wasn't quite ready to go uh, in 2022 as much as they thought he might be. Then you've got Trubisky sitting there um, ready to, to jump in and be a, a veteran NFL starter with, with some upside. So I don't think he's out of the question as the week one starter at this point yet, uh, but it, I think it really depends on Kenny. If, if Kenny Pickett comes out there and he, uh, he keeps the, the competition even close or just plays to his potential and, uh, and 
secures the job for himself. I think it's his. But uh, in that case, if Kenny Pickett does win the week one starting job, do you think Trubisky's on the roster uh, come maybe even the trade deadline? I think he will be. I'm, I'm not sure how all the contract works out exactly. If the Steelers have a potential out after one year, they may go that route. Um, I think the best case scenario for the Steelers would be to start Trubisky. And if he plays as good as what I believe he's capable of in Matt Canda's system, he plays well enough to where either one, you have the conversation of, do you trade Mitch Trubisky or two, you have the question, do we just stick with Mitch Trubisky and consider even extending him if he's playing so well? And that's not something anybody else is talking about, but if he gets the opportunity and he plays up to his potential, I mean, if we're just going straight by raw traits, Mitch Trubisky is a more talented quarterback than Kenny Pickett. That's, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, But I mean, obviously he's had a rough go of it in the NFL. We'll see what happens, but if his development goes as good as it potentially could, I don't believe he's completely damaged goods. If he gets the opportunity to start and he can live up to those expectations early, and that's asking a lot, especially with a shorter preseason, but if he can live up to those expectations early, I think we're going to start having those conversations of, okay, how long do we ride with Trubisky? We know Kenny is the future, but do we even consider extending them with the way he's playing? I mean, would, or do you trade him and try to get a lot of draft capital? I mean, that's, those are going to be, you know, conversations that I think we'll enjoy having because it'll be kind of a win-win situation for the Steelers. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Moving on to the round two pick wide receiver, George Pickens. Uh, I love this pick personally. It's my favorite pick of the draft for the Steelers. A guy that would have been my number one receiver uh, in this class uh, up until his injury really and a, a guy who, if he's fully healthy, has a chance to uh, put on some incredible tape right away and be a, a stud wide receiver really quick for the Steelers. A lot of that does depend on quarterback play and how consistent that is this year, but I really like Pickens. Um, he's got a, a fun personality. He plays with some um, aggressiveness. Now he'll have to control that a little better than he did at Georgia, but um, he's got all the physical traits in the world. He reminds you a lot of another stud Georgia wide receiver just from a body type and a play style, and that's uh, none other than A.J. Green. And uh, if the Steelers get even three-quarters of A.J. Green-like production out of George Pickens, then that's a a steal of a second-round pick. Yeah, I agree. I like George. Before the injury, he was my wide receiver one as well. Back in 2020 when when I did my way, way, way too early 2022 mock draft, I had him going 17th overall to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so I've been high on this guy for mm-hmm. a while. It's just you never know what the ACL injuries, how long is it going to take for him to get back to completely full strength. I mean, he ran a 4-4-7, I believe it was, in the 40. Um, I I thought before the injury he had the chance to break 4-4 in the 40. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can get back to that. Uh, my biggest challenge for him year one, I want to see how he develops as a blocker because he didn't do a whole mm-hmm. lot of it at Georgia. I want to see him do the dirty work. But if he can do the dirty work, um, in the run game, I think he has a chance to be one of them. I, I believe the Steelers are one of those organizations that will reward players for doing the dirty work. We've yes. seen so many good blockers. Juju Smith-Schuster got rewarded with targets. Um, going back to Heinz Ward, when he did the dirty work in blocking, the Steelers rewarded yeah. him with targets. Bruce Arians, who came from the Steelers, uh, who had Steelers roots, of course, he, when he was with Arizona and he had Larry Fitzgerald, Larry did the dirty work in the slot, but Arians would even come out and said he tries to reward him with touchdowns 
opportunities to win in the red zone because he does the dirty work. I think the Steelers will do that with Pickens if he can improve in that aspect of his game, because that's really the only one glaring weakness right now um, in terms of his ability as a vertical receiver. Still has some running things to work on, but you don't necessarily have to have him with his straight line ability. Absolutely. He's such a smooth, fluid mover uh, as well. And that is kind of highlighted by his, his length and uh, the, the type of frame he has. Um, third round pick DeMarvin Leal, defensive tackle, uh, defensive end, maybe even he's got some position flexibility there. Where do you see him kind of fitting into this uh, defensive line rotation in 2022? I see him as a five technique. Uh, I believe he's going to be the eventual replacement for Stefan Tua. Unfortunately, the reason mm-hmm. I was a little bit lower on the pick at the time was because I w- didn't want to see the Steelers address it. Cause I was hoping Stefan Tua would come back now. I'm not so sure if he does or not. If to it does come back, uh, I think you're going to not see quite as much of Leo this year. I don't see him moving out to outside linebacker. I think he would right. become the primary backup option instead of Isaiah Loudermilk. And I think you would see Isaiah Loudermilk playing more of the role of an oversized edge rusher on early downs, um, especially helping in run sport. He'd be able to use his length to be able to man that edge. Um, it, the Steelers rarely have any four, three concepts, but there are a couple four down linemen uh, mm-hmm. packages that they use in at those times, I think that's when you would see Isaiah Loudermilk move to the outside as the edge rusher, and you would probably have Tuit Hayward or even Leal in the middle um, as one of the down three techniques. Yeah, it the Steelers are very well known for working front to back on their defense, um, loading up on the the front seven, and then kind of letting the the back end figure it out um, because the guys in front are so explosive and and you know big time playmakers. Uh, Leal's gonna gonna ride into a perfect learning situation. I mean, who better to to teach and who more willing to do so than Cam Hayward? And if Stefan Tuitt does come back uh, in some capacity this year, I think he he um, provides a good. Um, veteran leadership presence as well for a guy like Leal who um, has a lot of talent is a very steady player but just hasn't quite broken out yet really I mean he's he's good but I I I don't think I've ever seen him flash greatness on tape Uh, and that's something that that you you want to see a little bit more of if he's going to be a big piece of the defense of the defense moving forward but I do like his his ability to uh, just be a contributor right away because he's smart. He knows the game. He's played at a, at an sec school against a uh, big time competition. And uh, you know, that's going to, that's going to translate to the NFL a little bit better than some of the pro- project defensive linemen that uh, maybe the Steelers could have gone after a little bit later in the draft. Uh, Calvin Austin, the third, uh, I think you and I both really like this pick in the fourth round as well. A guy we talked about um, pretty, uh, pretty lengthy in the lead up to the draft as well. Calvin Austin might be an early contributor in 2022, despite being just a fourth round draft pick. Yeah, I agree. I think best case scenario, he is the Tyree kill of this offense. I'm still, I still have some concerns. He, according to NFL.com, he has a six foot one inch wingspan. I've seen conflicting reports or I actually, I believe that's NFL mm-hmm. draft buzz. That's uh, reporting. They has a six foot one inch wingspan. It's been reported shorter length than other websites. Uh, so sure. I'm not sure what the exact measurement is, uh, but 
either way, I, he, his wingspan is longer than his five, seven and three quarters frame suggests. And I believe that's key with Tyree kill Tyree kill what is a little bit thicker. And I think Austin really does need to add on a few pounds. He's tough, but uh, durability is still a concern. But if he can pick up, say, eight to 10 pounds and mm-hmm. still maintain that same speed, I think you're sitting in a good situation. And I think you can't discount or that these guys have or discredit that these guys have been kind of part time football players up to this point, even playing um, Division One college football for some of these guys. You know, they've got school, they've got uh, other things that they've got to worry about. Uh, get this guy in a professional weight room uh, with trainers and, and the ability to uh, pack on a little bit more weight. And I don't think, I think he could add, um, stand to gain that weight, the eight to 10 pounds you're talking about without really losing his explosiveness and uh, just help with his overall um, competitive ability from a size perspective in the field. Uh, but he's, he's so quick. And, um, you know, we, we noted on the Slack channel that he's, he's got a long stride as well for a, for a smaller player. He really gets to top speed quick. And, um, but he's, he also has the ability to really break it down and get out of those, those cuts as well. So maybe a little more polished, uh, than we might give him credit for, but the size is a little bit of a concern, uh, obviously for durability, um, durability reasons so uh okay moving on to round six and the fourth uh rounding out the fourth set of brothers on the Steelers roster Connor Hayward very intriguing this is is something I want to get your perspective on Andrew because he's he's a tweener uh between that fullback running back uh tight end role H back is probably the best way to describe him Uh, kind of that traditional uh, offensive weapon, if you will, uh, H-back position. How do you see the Steelers utilizing Connor Hayward uh, as the 2022 season gets underway? As it gets underway, it sounds like they're going to use him as a tight end. I do not agree with that at all. He does not have the height, nor does he have elite athleticism to play tight end. I like him as a fullback. I believe his best tape when I watched him, his best tape came as a fullback. He can not only block, but he can also disengage from blocks quickly. So if he's pass protecting the passing game, he can disengage and get upfield quick enough to be able to get open and be available for a dump pass. Mm. And I believe that's the best way he can be used on the Steelers. I think the wisest thing would be to move on from Derek Watt, which would mean get rid of one of the brothers uh, and uh, save that million dollars or close to million dollars uh, that we would by cutting Derek. Well, I know you lose a lot of special teams value, mm-hmm. but overall, I believe that $1 million can be spent uh, a little bit in wiser ways than on a fullback that the Steelers really did not use outside of special teams. Use Connor Hayward, who I believe is even a little bit more versatile than Derek Watt yeah. um, and allow him to just do some of the dirty work, help that offensive line help him to block in between the guard and the tackle, especially on a core four side. If you're going to run to the right side, he's going to need somebody else you know, helping mm-hmm. him in terms of run blocking. Connor Hayward's that guy who I believe is going to bring that extra bit of toughness to the Steelers' backfield. Yeah, I, I think Kyle Juszczyk a little bit with how they might try to use him. That seems to be a, a, a good, like, uh, vision for him, uh, in my opinion. Uh, a guy that can come in and, and block, uh, but also is a, a real weapon in the passing game. 
maybe that's what they the Steelers needed to to help Najee Harris out. Just real quick, do you think he could be um, a third down type player as the only back on the field if they u- utilize him in that type of situation? He could, but I think he'd be more effective in a two back and just mm-hmm. use him as the fullback and do a fullback dive. Um, just a simple fullback run. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that he'd be more effective in that way. Yeah, play action, getting out into the to the flat as well. Uh, sounds really good for Connor Hayward. Um, okay, the two seventh-round picks. Let's just uh, talk about these guys real quick. Mark Robinson is a, a true developmental prospect at the linebacker position. Some quick thoughts about Robinson. Uh, he's built like a running back. I think I mentioned that last week. Uh, raw. I, I'll trust Brian Flores on this one. Sure. Uh, I wasn't extremely impressed with him. The little that I had heard about him, the little I had seen about him, um, the little I had seen of him. Uh, I felt like there were better linebackers. The Steelers passed up, uh, but I'll give Brian Flores a chance with this guy. It seems like a guy that he's excited to work with. Yeah. The, the little anybody's seen of him. <laughs> I think only one season and it might not have even been a full season at linebacker for Robinson, but uh, some athleticism there that the Steelers, think they can work with and then uh chris oladokin the uh quarterback taken in the seventh round the final pick for the steelers that we got to talk to if you haven't seen that interview or or listened to it um wherever you get your podcast from behind the steel curtain.com go check that out fantastic interview fun guy to talk to chris oladokin uh developmental quarterback prospect and the steelers round out their four guys in the quarterback room what does oladokin bring to this uh, team and do you think he's a, a strong candidate for the practice squad I think he's more than a candidate for the practice squad I believe if he plays okay. well enough he has a chance to make this roster and potentially allow the Steelers to make Mason Rudolph expendable I don't sure. know a ton of teams that are going to offer much for him but if Rudolph plays well in the preseason and Oladokun does and a team offers a fifth or sixth round pick for Mason Rudolph mm-hmm. I would do it Um, and then just move with old Oak. And I don't, I, my gut tells me the Steelers are not going to completely revamp their quarterback room in one off season. Mm -hmm. Uh, and with Mason Ruff being the only guy left that was there last year, I have a feeling they're going to keep him around, but my only concern with leaving old Oak on the practice squad is that that makes him expendable to other teams and other teams have an opportunity to get him if they like what they see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely, um, playing with, uh, with your cards there. If you, if you let him sit on the practice squad, uh, just in case he he starts showing out, uh, that can get dangerous for the Steelers who spent draft capital on him. They're going to give him every opportunity to try to make this roster. Uh, real quick before we go to break, percentage chance, Andrew, that um, that Mason Rudolph wins the week one starting gig at quarterback. Percentage chance. Point zero 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 one. <laughs> yeah. I think you're about right there. I, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four point nine percent, and uh, not quite a five percent. I don't know. Uh, I just think. I just it wouldn't put it. Pa- I wouldn't put it past Tomlin and, and company to figure out a way to make it sound like he's he's got a chance. But uh, really, I do think it's it's Pickett, um, and they're gonna give they're gonna give Pickett every opportunity to show them he can do it if he doesn't quite do it. I think it's it's Trubisky and uh, Mason Rudolph kind of gets a, a rough deal here, but that's life in the they NFL. Never say, 
Hey, never say never. There was one, right. some guy on Twitter that was yelling at me earlier this week saying, now, like, y'all think that Mason Rudolph doesn't have a chance at this. Well, I'm telling you what, he's going <laughs> to get the starting job, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know it's just Twitter, but hey, who knows? Yeah. Hey, Anything he's got happen. some believers. Yeah, he's got some believers out there. We'll see what comes to fruition. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to do our 2022 all draft teams. Andrew and I picking full 22 man rosters from the draft selections. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers draft fix. I'm Jeremy Betts. That's Andrew Wilbar. We're going to talk our all draft teams uh guys that we really liked uh i think we kind of divvied it up um we're gonna do 22 guys um so a full offensive and defensive roster and uh we we didn't overdo it in any one round so it's not gonna be a whole bunch of first rounders it's not gonna be a whole bunch of second rounders we're trying to pull from all different uh parts of the draft and even uh some undrafted free agency as well uh, so, Andrew, let's start with you. Um, who you got at quarterback in your all-draft team of 2022? Well, I went with Malik Willis. Now, I'm going to say before any of this, the original idea, orig- I started by doing just going seven straight rounds, my favorite player, and then having four, three or four bench guys. But and I, that's the style that I just have always liked, just because that was my original idea. Um, but then, it, I mean, it's pretty much just another way of gr- saying who your top five, your five favorite selections in each round were, mm-hmm. um, plus your favorite overall. Uh, but this way, a lot of people really want a way to have a, f- make a full team out of it. So using several people's ideas through the comment sections of different articles I'd written in the past, everyone recommended doing it at when you have 22 positions do three players from each of the seven rounds that adds up to 21 and then have one undrafted free agent for the 22nd player. Mm-hmm. And my always rule has just been not be like overly obvious with the first pick. So like try to avoid players top five to seven overall. So like no Aiden Hutchinson this year, last year, Penny Sewell mm-hmm. was who I would have gone with if he would have gone a lo- little bit lower, but he still went in the top seven. So I avoided mm-hmm. him. Um, but yeah, Malik Willis, I've, I've said my, I've given my two cents on Willis. I actually, I've given a lot more than two cents on Willis. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll move on. Sure. Uh, but you know, Willis to me, still my, my number one quarterback in this class and yours too. Uh, I'm sure just, just from a potential perspective, I think he gets on the field quicker than many people might think. So even as a third round pick, but uh, I went with Kenny Pickett um, at quarterback just because he is the most pro ready. He's ready to play. Uh, right now of these guys 
the most likely to be able to do that. So I went with Kenny Pickett. I think he's got a chance to be special, especially from a a mental um, and leadership type of, of frame of mind. He, he really has kind of the, <coughs> excuse me, kind of that um, it factor, if you will, uh, at the quarterback position. Nobody really knows how to describe the it factor other than calling it an it factor. So I'm just going to go with that as well. Uh, he, he's got it. He's got that, that mentality of a starting quarterback with leadership skills. Um, at running back, I went with a fourth round pick of the New England Patriots in Pierre Strong. I really like his tape. I think he's got a well-rounded game. He needs to get uh, or he needs to work on his vision a little bit, uh, figuring uh, out the holes uh, and, and where the blocking schemes are taking him. But if he can put that together, he's got the skill set to be a really good player. Who do you got at running back? I went with Keontae Ingram, running back from USC. He's a really good running back. He cleaned up some of his fumbling issues this past year. Really wanted to go with Jerome Ford here, but uh, there was another guy I wanted in the fifth round later, and I needed to free one of those up, so I decided to use one of my sixth-round picks on Ingram instead. There you go. All right, let's hear – did you do three wide receivers? I did. All right, let's hear your three wide receivers and why you picked each one. Well, I used a second rounder. I, one of my second rounders I used on Christian Watson. I love the size. I love the speed mm-hmm. combination outside. He's actually a decent route runner as well. He's going to be my number one guy. Then I'm going to get a guy who's a little bit more versatile. He can play inside or out. I went with Khalil Shakir in the fifth round. Who I believe is excellent value. I had a late second, early third round grade on him. Uh, and then Bo Melton, who went in the seventh round. Now I've got my speed guy. Uh, who I is excellent value in the seventh. So I've got a smaller receiver who can burn over the top or just be a little gadget guy. Then I have Shakir who has the inside outside versatility, excellent route runner, good hands. And then I have the size speed combo guy in Watson. I love that receiver room. That's a fantastic receiver room. Uh, that, that receiver room will play in, in 2022 for sure. Um, I like uh, uh, my three wide receivers. I went with George Pickens. You guys are going to call me Steelers Homer, but that's not why it's because of, everything we talked about on in the first half of the show um <coughs> excuse me um george pickens just has all the upside in the world at the wide receiver position i really could see him being an aj green type player that makes him my wide receiver one i went with romeo dubes um a fourth round pick uh he's got a lot of different skill sets he's got enough speed uh to work all the different areas of the field uh, his route running ability needs some polish, but he's he does have a good route tree. So I like him as kind of my uh, all-round type player, maybe my slot guy um, uh, or maybe even a Z type receiver. Uh, but Michael Woods, the, the second, is my third wide receiver. He's got a Juju Smith-Schuster-like build, uh, works the middle of the field well. He can be that, that big slot guy that you kind of see dominating the league nowadays. He was a six-round pick this year i believe of the seahawks and i think he's got a chance or no the cleveland browns sorry michael woods he's got a a really neat skill set and a and good size uh, at the wide receiver position he kind of rounds out my wide receiver room there um at tight end i went with grant calcaterra out of smu um athletic player needs some polish but i really like what uh, his upside as as a tight end who did you go with at tight end andrew I went with Daniel Bellinger. I like my two-way tight ends that can block and catch. Bellinger has really good athleticism as well. Ran a 4.63, I believe, in the 40. Uh, he's got really good hands, big catch radius. 
Uh, I, I just fell in love with Daniel Bellinger during this pre-draft process. Yeah, absolutely. He's got, he's got all the talent in the world and the size to, to back it up if he can put it all together. Um, offensive line, kind of walk us through your five guys and uh, just what you like about, about each player. Well, I went with Zach Tom. I was not allowed to use the top three tackles in this draft because they went so high. Uh, so I decided to use a fourth round pick on Zach Tom, who is an excellent pass protector. Not going to do much in terms of run blocking, but I want to protect my quarterback blindside protector. He can be that guy. Tyler Smith, I used one of my first round picks. I used two first round picks on the line. And the person, mm-hmm. even though I'm the person who likes prioritizing the tackle position first, I, since the top three tackles were gone, I didn't find a whole lot of value until the fourth round there. Um, but Tyler Smith, who I love at guard, at left guard, mm-hmm. and at center, I uh, picked up Tyler Linderbaum, uh, who I do have some concerns about with length, uh, but his college tape is fantastic. Uh, with Baltimore, not sure where that how he fits because they are more of a power run scheme when Linderbaum's more of a zone blocker. Uh, but I like him. Then our right guard, Dylan Parham, who I also believe has pro bowl potential undersized, but yes. so tough. Um, and he plays stronger than the size. And then Andrew Stuber, a guy from Michigan who was one of the most underrated players in the draft. And it was so weird during Senate Michigan. He was one of the main leaders of that line. He and Andrew Vistardis. Uh, Vistardis I was high on the beginning of the process, but it was clear he didn't have the power to be a center in the league. But uh, Stuber, he was just consistent. He was never super flashy, but he always got the job done. And I loved it on the right side. Some people thought he was going to move inside the guard in the NFL. I think his length makes him best at tackle. Never going to be an elite guy, but he's going to be a hmm. solid guy. And I believe he, the Patriots drafted him in the seventh round. He's going to be a guy that I think sticks around either as a swing tackle or potentially even a starting right tackle that is just, you know, one of the top 10 to 15 right tackles in the league, not an elite guy, but a guy that you can depend on each and every week to get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Great selections there. Um, I've got a really big left side of my offensive line. I've got uh, Matt Willetsko uh, at left tackle and then uh, Luke um, Gadecki. Is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Luke Gadecki. Um, that's a fifth round pick uh, in Willetsko and a second. And Gadecki, I really like those two guys. Their their potential, their size works well for them as uh, potential prospects. Both need some refinement. Um, so, you know, big guys uh, helping in the running game, but some pass pro refinement is needed for sure. Uh, Luke Fortner is my center pick. I went with some value there, a third-round pick uh, over uh, some of the earlier guys that were taken at the center position. And then uh, Zion Johnson was my lone first-rounder. Um, on the offensive line. He's going to be a stud. Uh, he's a big guy as well. Uh, and then I went with real value to me in seventh round pick Rashid Walker out of Penn State. I can't believe he made it all the way to the seventh round. That's insane. Uh, but uh, what a, a steal in the seventh round uh, at an offensive tackle. I think he's got a chance to be starting early in his career. Now that rounds out the offensive side of the ball. Did you have any final thoughts on on either teams uh, before we move to the defense? No, I like the capital that I have. I still got a first round pick to use. I've got two second rounders, a third rounder, and one fourth rounder. So I'm feeling pretty confident heading into the defense. Same here. I've got two first rounders on defense, a second rounder, and two thirds. So feeling good on that side as well. Uh, all right. Uh, we may have um, set our, our defensive schemes up a little differently. So – uh, let's talk about your defensive line. Uh, uh, you just tell me how many guys you got on there and who they are 
and what you like about them. I'm, I'm going with a three, four system, which is sometimes it's hard with these college prospects, finding those defensive ends to play in a three, four. Uh, but I went, I used a fifth round pick on Matthew Butler. Of course, I already used one on Khalil Shakir. So this is my second fifth rounder, Matthew Butler, um, who is not a great pass rusher at this point, uh, but he's dependable against the run. I really like him uh, right around the 300 pound range. Perfect for that five technique mm, yep. uh, Travis Jones. I have in the middle using that third round pick. Love the guy's tape. He's raw, but man, he's got potential. And then Perry on Winfrey uh, who I had a late second, early third round grade on as well. Fell to the beginning of the fourth round. Uh, great fit with the Cleveland Browns in a four, three. I think that's his best fit, honestly, as a three technique, but I, he does have the athleticism enough to kick out to five tech. Uh, I like that defensive line with Butler Jones and Winfrey. Yeah. That's a fantastic uh, set of guys right there. I'm, I went with more of a four, three uh, unit here. So I'm going to give uh, both my defensive tackles, my interior guys and my edge rushers here. Um, and then we'll move on to the linebacker spots for you. Um, so I went with uh, one of my first round picks, Jordan Davis uh, and beside him, a seventh round guy in Jonathan Ford. And uh, this might be the biggest defensive tackle group uh, in all the NFL. If you were to just put them, on the field together uh, right away. They've got serious run stopping ability right away. Going to stuff those running backs. And then Jordan Davis, if he can put together that athleticism and become a, um, a, uh, a problem for quarterbacks as well in the passing game as an interior rusher, I think that that uh, fit would be fantastic here. And then I went with uh, Boye Mafe in round uh, from round two at edge. Uh, and then, uh, developmental guy but with all the size and uh, physical traits in the world isaiah thomas out of oklahoma round seven uh so two round seven guys on my defensive line one at edge rusher and one at defensive tackle but i really like um the other two guys there that can kind of anchor it while these guys develop a little bit yeah i like that defensive line overall you got a lot of size especially um with both ford and davis in the middle you're gonna be able to stop the run really well yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what I was going for. Uh, I like my speedy, rangy linebackers. We'll get to them in a minute. But who you got at the uh, edge uh, for your defense and, and then the middle linebacker spots? It, right outside linebacker, I got David Ajabo. Not expecting production from year sure. one, but I'm willing to wait. I like his potential enough. I'm stacking up on my Michigan guys. Um, and then <laughs> yeah, at that. left outside linebacker, I went with my favorite sleeper in this draft, Jesse Lakeda. Uh, who did not even play edge rusher in college. I believe he transitions there well. Not a great athlete, but fantastic spot. Arizona Cardinals will have a chance to uh, get into a rotation immediately because mm -hmm. they lacked a lot of depth there. Um, I, I really believe he's going to play some significant snaps behind Majai Sanders, who's another guy they drafted. Uh, I really like him in the seventh round. He has a great feel for getting after the quarterback. And then my two inside linebackers, um, I used a fifth and sixth round pick here, and I, I think these are excellent value. I used my fifth rounder at my Mac position for DeMarco Jackson, who I believe if he was in a, oh, yeah. played at a power five school, probably would have been a day two pick. Sure. And then Darian Beavers, who fell all the way to the sixth round. I thought the Steelers would yeah. take a chance on him in the fourth round if he fell that far. Another guy I had that late second, early third round grade on, uh, prototypical buck inside linebacker, will fit really next, fit really well next to DeMarco Jackson with that length. Kind of an interesting offseason at linebacker for the Steelers, right? They did not address the buck position at all, and that is something that you and I have had some questions about. We're going to have to wait and see what their plan is there, but kind of confusing uh, scenarios that have played out at linebacker. But I really like your room there. Uh, Beavers falling to the sixth round was uh, was 
very interesting to me. I, I was not expecting that to happen at all either. Uh, at my linebacker spots, uh, these are um, middle linebackers, uh, obviously in a four, three, uh, you got two guys on the, uh, at outside linebacker that, but they play still um, in, in the, uh, or off the ball. Uh, I've got Channing Tindall uh, and Devin Lloyd, um, a third and first round pick respectively there. Tindall's speed is incredible. Uh, he can add some weight to that frame. I believe that for sure. And uh, if he can do so and maintain his athleticism, he's a sideline to sideline guy. And then Devin Lloyd, first round pick. Um, I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars traded back into the first round and picked him up, uh, which I didn't mind that move uh, in real time there. I thought it was a good move. Devin Lloyd uh, has the range already. He's an instinctive guy. He can put it all together really quick and be a fantastic player. And then I've got my undrafted free agent here in the linebacker room, and it's uh, Jojo Doman out of uh, Nebraska. Played some safety. He's got some versatility uh, to play in coverage and then along the, the line of scrimmage as well, stopping the, the run and, and working against tight ends. I like his versatility, uh, and him being an undrafted free agent was good value for me at the linebacker spot. All right, let's move into the secondary. Andrew, tell us who you got at the cornerback positions. Before we move on, I'm doing some calculations. Do we have a little cheating going on here on the Steelers draft fix? If I remember right, that's your fourth first-round pick in Devin Lloyd. I'm taking a look here. you got here. Kenny Pickett one. You oh, have wow, Ryan wow, Johnson. wow. This is an oversight on my part. You by um, any chance want to uh, switch to Malik time. Willis with me? <laughs> you know what? I, I'm not going to do that. Hey, uh, hey, wait, hey a, wait a minute. You've got, you've got Isaiah sure. Thomas and Rashid Walker. Those are the only seventh round picks. Just switch to Chris Oladokun. Hey, there you go. Do, do I not have three third rounders on here? I thought I did. Yes, I yeah, do. You so have, I can't you have go three third, third rounders. Round. You have Shannon Tindall, uh, Nick. Uh, we were, I gave away your safety, Nick Cross. Well, I mean, I didn't really give it away. Everyone listening that's listened to this before knew you were going to pick them anyways. Yeah, and then yeah. you had Luke Fortner. So those are your three third rounders. Your only two sevenths are Jonathan Ford and Rashid Walker. Um, I don't no, see I've got, else. I've got, uh, oh, uh, Rashid Walker, Jonathan Ford, and Isaiah Thomas in there from the seventh round. Well, okay. I'm trying to see what I'm missing here. Am I missing a second rounder? You got, let's no, see, I got two second round. rounders. Okay, it's, it's the fourths because <laughs> oh, you have, okay. yeah, you only have two fourths, Pierre Strong and Romeo. That's Doug. right. Yep, I sure do. So fourth round, uh, is that where, is that where Matt Corral went in the fourth round? For some reason, I thought he went in the third. He might have gone um, in the third. Well, we... anyway, I I apologize for cheating. Uh, <laughs> I will I will remedy this uh, at some point here. But uh, for now, let's just kind of let me roll with it, you know, uh, or maybe give me uh, a different linebacker here. I, I can. I you can you get it. You'll, I'll give you a pass. This is the first time we've ever done this. I'm there. <laughs> you get a pass for the first time, but next year. No mercy. All right. Next year, two first rounders for me, and you can have uh you can have your the normal count. So I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll repair this. All right. Your defensive backfield, Andrew. What's it look like? Um, so it's obviously gonna start off with Andrew Booth in the second round, who I believe is the best value at corner in this entire draft. Minnesota, that huge need. That's one of the best picks on day two and really the entire draft. Sure. Um, if they allow him to play man coverage, just put him on an island, he's gonna be fantastic. Lockdown corner of the future. And then I got your guy, Tariq Castro Fields, with my other pick. I was thinking about going with a Zion McCollum in the fifth. Um, 
because I, I, I had a fifth round pick available at one point, but I decided to use it in another area to get DeMarco Jackson. So I went with Tariq Castro Fields in the sixth round, still really good value. Um, it's just going to come down to whether he wants it bad enough or not. He has right. the trace, but he's got to want it. Yeah, absolutely. I have two Tariqs in my cornerback room. I've got uh, Tariq Woolen uh, in the fifth round and then Tariq Castro Fields. Couldn't pass up my guy in the sixth round. Uh, physicality or the physical traits are all there for uh, Castro Fields. And like you said, if he puts it together uh, from uh, just a, you know, playing hard on the field and, uh, you know, compare him with the speedy uh, Woolen, I, I really like the potential of that cornerback room if they can put it together. And then I did go with Nick Cross. Uh, I put him at my free safety spot. The speed there is is undeniable, and he can really come down like a missile um, if he needs to. Probably my second or third favorite player in this entire draft class. Really like Nick Cross. And I'm pairing him at, with uh, Tyson Anderson at strong safety. Um, just a, a big guy, six, two or three or four, I believe. He's He's got some real size there and uh, the ability to, to play up with those tight ends. I like Tyson Anderson. I think he can be a big-time player down the road. He was a fifth-round pick, and Nick Cross, obviously, in the third round. So I did cheat a little bit, Andrew. I apologize about that. But <laughs> it looks like we got ourselves some pretty good all-rookie rosters here. What do you think? Yeah, you've forgotten to ask who my safeties are, though. Oh, I did, didn't I? Uh, let's hear them. I mean, I could, I mean, I could just play some cover zero on blitz. Um, I'd have to hey, get another pull linebacker. Up, pull up my I, Dolphins I, against the Ravens, right? Just yeah, exactly. So I've, yeah. I'm gonna, I've got, I've got Daxton Hill as my free safety. That's my other first round picks. So my three firsts were Tyler Linderbaum, Tyler Smith, and Daxton sure. Hill. Um, and then I'm converting Isaiah Polamau from free safety to strong safety and using him hey. as my undrafted free agent pick. Hey, there you go. Man, you went heavy with those uh, Homer Michigan boys, didn't you? I did. I didn't really even realize it until we were doing this at the time. I didn't, <laughs> right? I, I didn't plan on doing Stuber, but I knew you were going to choose Rashid Walker in the seventh. So I'm like, sure. I'm going to go with Stuber. And then there I was go. kind of torn uh, on a because I could get an edge rusher later, but I'm like, man, that potential is just too much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, this was fun. I, I like this. Uh, I liked this exercise. Um, something I haven't done before. So I really enjoyed that. I'm going to be interested to see how all of these guys play out. Um, we'll, we might have to revisit this in a couple of years and see uh, if any of these guys are actually uh, top level talents and see whose roster uh, would be the better, the better one in a couple of years. So we'll save this, see if we can't come back and, and visit that later. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the Steelers draft fix. Andrew, did you have any final thoughts, anything coming out on the, on the dot com uh, that you you've written. I'm still deciding what I'm going to do. I've thought about doing a two part series on Kenny Pickett, optimistic reasons and pessimistic reasons. Um, I haven't decided whether I'm going to do that yet. I'd need to probably <laughs> get some permission uh, and probably need to make sure that the dust completely settles. Sure. Um, but nonetheless, um, I'll either be doing that or I'll be starting some either fantasy football or 2023 draft work, which I believe we're going to be doing a little bit of a sneak preview into 2023 next week. Yes, we will. And then we're going to kind of transition into some fantasy football uh, here in a little bit as well, as well as keeping you up to date with your Pittsburgh Steelers uh, from every angle of the off season. I am bringing uh, a series of articles on uh, behind the steel curtain.com roster review articles. I talked about the quarterbacks 
already. So go and check that one out. Uh, this next one's going to break down the wide receiver room, and then uh, we will continue on with the offense. Uh, probably one or two of those coming out uh, per week here as we approach training camp. Andrew, it's been fun. We'll do it again next time on the Steelers Draft Fix. Thank you for listening, and I hope you all have a fantastic week. God bless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.